It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. Uh, welcome in, Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. Hope you had a great weekend. We did not have a great weekend around here. Uh, if you listen to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, you know all about it. Um, I will get to the Eminem Cartage hotline. I will get to the Thornton's text line a little bit later. It is Monday, June 6th, and uh, we come to you with a heavy heart today. Uh, we lost um, a legend, as Matt said so eloquently in his open of his show an hour ago. Douglas Scott Wolverton has uh, left this place, hopefully for a better place. Uh, he's gone to the great beyond, uh, you know, surprisingly, shockingly, out of nowhere, Thursday evening, uh, we lost uh, our producer. Matt joins me in studio. Our producer, um, Justin, do a great job filling in. But Douglas was a legend. Uh, I listened to your open, Matt. It was uh, well said, well spoken, uh, well intentioned. Great heart uh, coming from you there. I don't want to get y'all misty out here because the last thing Douglas Wolverton wants us to do is grieve for him. You're right. In fact, if you go to the funeral at 11 a.m., I think it's Friday. He would probably say, "What are you doing here? Get back in that. Get your tail in back in that chair and do the show." Um, but you know, I've known him for since I've been here. He did my five o'clock Sunday night show. He did my five o'clock weekday show, and he's he did. He was my producer forever. I've never had anybody on the other side of the glass. I don't know if you have, but uh, man, it is it is bizarre sitting in the studio and not hearing the voice of Douglas Scott Wolverton. Yeah, it's it's being in this studio for a daily show as we have. It's just a connection. You know, he, he knew what I was thinking and who my guests were almost before I said it. Uh, and then I think back, uh, John, and, and about so many of uh, the great high school teams and the great seasons we've had. It seems like in recent years, uh, any sport, you take your pick. We've had a chance to go to Indianapolis and cover a lot of state champions, and you know, those are high-pressured games, a lot of sponsors on the line. People want those broadcasts live, and they want them after the fact as well for keepsakes. And Douglas kept everything going. He was a voice of reason. I mean, I can remember multiple times uh, there was equipment failure or we couldn't get connected, and Douglas is the one that uh, keep, keeps you calm, even yeah. though he's back here at the studio and tries to make the broadcast go on as normal. So uh, you said it very well also, John. This place, this station, uh, no matter how much we try to act like it, it will never be the same again. Hopefully for the listener, we regroup and move on because I know Douglas would want us to continue to do what we do with our daily programming and a lot of focus on Southern Indiana sports when it comes to the play-by-play in the evenings. But um, if you knew Doug or you understood anything about the heritage of this station, uh, you know what he means to this station and therefore to all of us. You know a lot more about Douglas Wolverton than I ever will or ever did. Uh, you were here a lot, a lot longer with him than I was. Um, he didn't miss. A, he didn't miss a day. I mean, you could count like you could count on the uh, the, the sun rising in the morning that Douglas Scott Wolverton was going to be on the other side of that glass. And especially, we talk about our shows, but the high school games that he produced over the years. I don't think he missed any. Yeah, amazing, really. I mean, it was incredible, and the quality of his production, I mean, he took a certain pride in that that a lot of people wouldn't take. Two two things that come to mind as you say that. You know, Douglas didn't just produce our shows or games since I've been doing the bulk of the play-by-play. 
here. I mean, Douglas produced Charlie Jenkins yeah. and Legends for 30 years, and this station uh, is going to always be remembered as a station that took high school sports and local sports very seriously, and he's been on the other side of that uh, for nearly every game that this station has broadcast. It didn't matter if it was a local owner uh, like we have now or a national owner that had a group of radio stations. Douglas Scott Wolverton was always kept on the staff. He was always in this building, even when the station was dormant and actually the 1450 signal off the air for a while uh, he was still coming in. He was the guy to check on things and uh, do the paperwork and the necessary things to keep this a radio station, even though for some years it was inactive. That's the first thing. The second thing that comes to mind about Doug is his commitment, as you mentioned, uh, here every day, concerned about everything, uh, always on top of it, and uh, just a hard guy to replace, and he will not be replaced. And if you said, hey, Douglas, uh, so-and-so can't make it in, can you do the board uh, tonight or tomorrow afternoon? Yes, absolutely. And I heard Chad uh, uh, on the last part of your broadcast, the voice. The voice is always going to be in my head. I know whether it's Justin, Trevor, anybody else over on the other side, when I hear somebody talk, I'm going to hear Doug. I'm going to hear Douglas because I heard Douglas. John, we've got uh, four minutes left. The T.A. Jenkins commercials. Saturday when I heard them during the New Albany broadcast, it kind of made my hair on my arm stand up. Today I heard it on your broadcast. I want to keep hearing it. Yeah. My first thought was, well, they're going to have to redo that. My second thought was, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous because that is that's a tremendous voice that Doug Wolverton had and the scoreboard shows that he used to yeah. do as well. I, it's amazing to me when I go out to these games or just out at a restaurant or in the community, uh, people either know him by name or they know him as the producer yeah. and say he's got the best voice ever. Really did uh, the way he delivered the scores to you after games was remarkable and there were so many things about Doug if you really knew him. Uh, that were just a treasure, really. And so it's been hard, uh, John. Uh, Doug, uh, Dugan Ryan, who has put his heart and soul into this station for years, I know he is absolutely crushed. Douglas yeah. has been someone that he goes to on a daily and sometime an hourly basis to take care of things here at the station, no matter how big or how small. And it's just amazing to me for a guy that never went to games and really he was committed, so committed to this station. He didn't really go out that much. If you knew Douglas, you understood that. I've just been amazed the number of text message messages just since my little tribute earlier. Uh, and even before f uh, today from some people that found out over the weekend, a lot of the area high school coaches, they don't, they maybe met him once or twice if yeah. they came in here, but they all feel like they know him just based on those quick phone conversations before he puts them on the air. So uh, again, man, it's, it's been tough. I'm not going to lie. And I know it's been the same for you and uh, everybody here that dealt with him on a regular basis. Yeah. It's life-changing for you. I know it's life-changing for me. Um, Again, I look over there and I see Justin's ugly mug over there, and, <laughs> and that's fine, and that's all good. No offense, JK. life changing for no me. No offense, too. JK, but uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna never forget the what's the good word. Yeah. What's the good I, word? That's 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 how I'll remember. Douglas. Yes, and yes. you know what? We did the New Albany games on Saturday. I did those New Albany games, and I talked to Dugan Friday night. Hey, are we still going to do these games? He said, Well, Douglas would say you're absolutely going to do these games. Because that's what the New Albany community yes. wants you to do every day. No matter who is with us or who is not with us, you've got to go do these games. So uh, it was it was an honor and fun to call those games. And like I said, to hear those commercials, 
I felt like Doug was with me all day Saturday. Absolutely. And I want to thank you for filling in on Saturday. I had so many text messages. This John Spears guy is uh, Who is good. this idiot? I and, think is uh, what some sa- of them said. Sounding really good. So you did a great job, and you had some great moments and two great games. One was a thriller for New Albany. The other an absolute heartbreaker. And I got a chance to, to be there, all fair, for that night game. I was able to get in town from Indianapolis on my way home. That's a tough but one. But, boy, that, was a, that was a heartbreaker there. For, Coach McIntyre. Yeah, yeah, no question. Well, Matt, thank you for uh, hanging in for a while there with me, and uh, and I appreciate it. Get some rest. I know you got summer league going on. <laughs> There's no rest during summer league. No. How is it that summer is the most chaotic time of your year when usually the sports are all taken, you know, from fall to winter to spring, and then summer when you should be resting like a school teacher, instead. Yeah. You're all over the map. Yeah, this you summer. look tired Saturday night, and you started to drive home. Yeah, this summer league is is huge. It takes a big effort. There are many other people involved beside myself. A lot of coaches, a lot of host schools that make it work, but a lot of fun. And uh, yes, it is. It's it's a monster. John. I heard a lot of kudos for the outdoor uh, stuff Friday. Yeah, yeah, and, um, and again, the, again, it was great to organize. I didn't hear anybody it. say they didn't like it. Yeah, I can tell you it that. was it was great to organize it and try to match the teams up. But really, the credit goes to the great coaches on both sides of the river that are willing to try. They understand how special basketball is here. They're willing to try some new things or maybe some old school things. Uh, but the weather and those first that class helped. courts that made it all go. And it was a really fun night, and we'll do it again. And in St. X, John, they promised me they'll I'll, be there I'll, next I'll, year, and you're going to be there as well. I'll get on the case. I'll get on the case for them, and I'll uh, I'll make sure Klein doesn't schedule. I think they <laughs> went to George Rogers Clark and yeah. played the defending Kentucky State champs, and another team played a couple games up there. But yeah. He he, uh, I know he was upset that he couldn't play in this, yeah. so I expect him to be in it next year. Absolutely. John, but, thank you so much. Have a good rest of the day, Matthew. Okay. Get a nap, man. I will, man. 10-4. All right, I'm going to take an early break here, and then we will come back. We will get to sports. We will open up the M&M Cartage hotline, open up the Thornton's text line, and uh, I love your thoughts on Douglas Scott Wolverton as well. My Celtics lost last night. We'll talk about that. Josh Hurd was officially named the U of Athletic Director. We'll talk about that. Louisville baseball happening as we speak. Try to give you updates on that as well. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. I got a friend in Jesus, so you know that when I die, it's gonna set me up the spirit in the sky. Welcome back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage, John Spears in studio. A celebration of life, the life of Douglas Scott Wolverton continues. And as I said earlier, if I wasn't here today, he'd probably smack me in the back of the head from above and say, what are you doing not doing the show? Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 384-1450, 502-384-1450, if you'd like to join in on the conversation, you are more than welcome to do so. The Thornton's text line is open as well, 502-414-1450. Don't forget Thornton's. It's the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started. Like fresh coffee, delicious donuts, visit our friends at Thornton's. Louisville baseball trailing Michigan 2 nothing early in the, uh, I think it's first inning. I'm trying to follow along on Twitter here, but uh, two nothing Michigan uh, in the first inning. Got still, a TV in there, John. Still batting. There's no cable in here anymore. 
Justin. Since um, when? Uh, since uh, I guess Dugan decided not to pay the bill a few months ago. It's been wow. a while. Yeah. That sucks. Now, if you want to pony up, you know, we'll be, I'll be glad to get it back on. Connect my ESPN Plus. There you go. Well, you need to do that in there, and then you can keep <laughs> me updated on the scores. 2 nothing Michigan as we speak. Cards beat the Wolverines 20-1 to yesterday. I was at uh, Jim Patterson Stadium for that. They also uh, beat Oregon 8-5, to uh, both elimination games. So uh, they win today. The Cards will be heading to College Station, Texas, to take on the A&M Aggies, ranked fifth in the country next week. Next weekend, best of three series. But first, they got to have a little comeback here and uh, knock off the Michigan Wolverines. We will keep you updated uh, as long as we can, as long as we're on the air here. All right, uh, hope you had a great weekend. Bats uh, baseball will return tomorrow night. They beat Gwinnett 6 nothing yesterday. The Bats have won three straight now. Uh, Nick Curran, uh, I'm going to try to get him on the show again tomorrow. I think uh, he usually comes on, so we'll talk about all the promotions for this coming week out at Slugger Field. We start today with the Golden State Warriors evening the series with my Boston Celtics 107-88, a 35-14 third quarter. I saw this stat today. In the third quarter, the Celtics are the 15th worst playoff team so far this season. Well, they're only 16. There's only one team that had worse third quarters than the Celtics. They outscored... Uh, They've outscored their opponents in every other quarter by a large margin, but they have been walloped in the third quarter. I don't know what the solution is. Golden State needed a win. They got the win. Steph Curry, 29. Jordan Poole, 17. Uh, Clay Thompson had 11, but he was only 4 of 19 from the field, 1 of 8 from three-point land. Jason Tatum, 28. He was good Jason Tatum last night for the Celtics. Jalen Brown, 17. Derek White, 12 off the bench. With Tatum's 28 and Brown's 17, that left the other three starters to only score six points for Boston. Al Horford was great in game one. Oof. He was non-existent in game two. Uh, Marcus Smart, he had two last night. And I'm um, trying to think who the other starter even is. He, he had two as well. It was not a good performance from the starting lineup of the Celtics. Game three, Wednesday at 9 on ABC. My question is, why did Draymond Green not get kicked out of the game? Why is Draymond Green treated by officials differently? And this is not just a playoff thing. I watched a lot of NBA games this year. Draymond Green spends at least five minutes a game not talking to officials, but yelling at officials, scolding officials, getting in their grill. He got an early technical last night. Then he and Jalen Brown get into it. There's a foul called on Green, and then what looks like a double technical, which would have been his second, and he would have been kicked out of the game. However, the referees huddle up and come to the conclusion that the only call is going to be the common foul on Draymond Green, no technicals, play on. Now, there's no doubt he should have been kicked out of the game. But are the rules different in the postseason? Steve Jaffe, who Mark Jackson, I give him credit on the broadcast, called Steve Jaffe out. Steve Jaffe's a former official, and he's sort of the guy that the TV guys go to when there's a questionable call. Whenever there's a review, they'll bring Jaffe in. Hey, what'd you see? Oh, well, I see, I see a double, uh, you know, a flagrant one there. I don't think it's a flagrant two. Whatever. He's going to give his opinion. And he basically said last night, yeah, these guys huddle up. They are saying 
hey, wait a minute, uh, Draymond's already got a technical, right? So if we give him another one, he's well, we can't give him another one then. Well, that's bogus. That's bogus. Would that have changed the game? Probably not the outcome of the game, but it was fairly early, uh, so it's hard to say. But I will say this. If I'm a referee, Draymond Green's not playing in a lot of second halves this year. I don't understand. Now, look, if it's Steph Curry, if it's Jason Tatum, if it's Joel Embiid, if it's LeBron, I understand that these guys have leeway. They are first-team All-NBA. They are future Hall of Famers, perhaps. I know I'm jumping the gun on Jason Tatum there. But these guys have earned the right to question officials. Draymond Green goes so far beyond questioning officials, it's not even funny. Maybe it's because, I mean, that's how he's always been, though. From the time he came in the league, he's been like that, demonstrative, just over the top. And his They've grown accustomed his to His rookie season, I'll never forget this. He said his mama called him and told him to quit acting like that, so he was going to quit acting like that. Well, that lasted, I guess, maybe the rest of that rookie season. He didn't do it anymore. I don't. What I don't understand is how it's okay to scream at an official. If you want to walk over and say, hey, uh, you know, I think you missed that one. Hey, you know what? He grabbed me first. Hey, you know what? Keep an eye on this down low. This is going on down low, and you guys aren't seeing it. I'm fine with that. Everybody can do that. But when you, on national television and in front of the arena, are screaming at an official, he should tee you up right away. There is no reason for anybody to scream, point, yell, oh, I got hit, he's hitting his arm, he's hitting his head. I'm, this is, and, and you know these are not words that the FCC is going to allow on this radio station. So maybe, maybe I don't Russian. understand the Draymond Green getting the, not getting the whistle during the play, but not getting the technicals when he clearly deserves them. Maybe refs should go to umpire school because baseball umpires have a quick trigger. They have a quick trigger. Yeah. And I like that they have a quick exactly. trigger. Exactly. Baseball is pretty clear. If you argue balls and strikes, you're gone. You just can't show up the umpire. You want to come out ref. of that dugout? I saw the rookie Rodriguez for Seattle the other day. He's in the batter's box, and it's strike three called. All he did was take his bat and draw a line in the batter's box. Can't do it. It's automatic. You can't do it. You're showing up the umpire. He didn't say a word. He was surprised. He was actually shocked when he got kicked out of the game. He's a rookie. All right. We got to teach you a little lesson here, number one. But if Bryce Harper draws a line in the batter's box, he's gone. I mean, baseball has rules, and you can't. This is it. This is the rule. And if you break it, I'm throwing you out of the game. If you come out of the dugout to argue balls and strikes, you're, you're getting kicked out of the game. Or a balk, you're kicked out of the game. You can come out here and ask me, uh, strike zone the same for both teams, and maybe I'll let you go. All right, yeah, it is, and that's it. Don't say another word. Right. You can come out and say, explain that balk to me. But don't come out and start telling me it's not a balk because you're gone. NBA, and I know it's, an emo- it's a much more emotional game, in my opinion. But if you yell at me disrespectfully, no matter what your argument is, you're gone. And if that were the case, Draymond Green would either miss a lot of time or he'd change his ways. Well, don't we all all learn that as children? Don't don't show up the umpires, apparently, don't show up the refs. Apparently some people don't. I mean, that's 
that's what you're that's like basis one of learning sports is the umpire refs have a job you have a job just go out there and play the game there's there's no need to talk it, it, now am i biased yes i'm a celtic fan <laughs> i'm biased but i will say this i've watched this behavior throughout the year with Draymond Green this this doesn't change just because it's the playoffs it's more magnified in the media and it's more shown on ESPN every night when a guy does something every night then you show it a few times and you quit showing it and in the regular season nobody cares oh, that's Draymond yeah that's how he is well you know what maybe if you kick him out of a few games in the regular season maybe he learns a little bit of a lesson it, it, little children Justin which you mentioned if you don't teach them early, they're going to keep doing the same thing. Draymond Green, if you don't throw him out of a few games, he's going to keep doing it. I will make this prediction. He's going to get kicked out of a game in his NBA playoffs, and I'll, I'll go even further and say it'll be in one of the next two games in Boston because home court means something to these officials too. If you watch the officiating last night, and again, this is coming from a Celtic fan, there were no fouls on reaches when uh, the Celtics were going down the lane and trying to uh, Jason Tatum went up for shots four five six times no call Jalen Brown same thing no call and I know sometimes they strip the ball but they got to hit you sometimes mm-hmm. there were very few calls last night that will not be the case in Boston it was the same way in the Boston Miami series it was the same way in the Golden State Dallas series the home team is normally going to get the majority of the calls and when Draymond Green goes off in Boston, one of these next two games, I'm going to say he's tossed. If you find a spot where I can bet that, John, let me know. Boy, that would I'm be in. an awesome. I'm in. That's an awesome prop. <laughs> I'll ride with you on I that. Looked, I went over to the uh, to the uh, betting parlor earlier today, and I didn't see that on the prop bet mm. list. That's a good one, though. Did you hear about what kind of what kind of plus number would you get on Draymond getting kicked out of a finals game? Seven fifty between now and the end of the series. Eight hundred, maybe. If you go now till the end of the series, it's going to be a lot less. Yeah, yeah. I think you well, get eight hundred more on the games, next the more chances he's that's, got to get kicked out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If I could get plus five hundred, now you're making me want to go back <laughs> over there. I got to go to Patterson and see the end of this U of L yeah. game. You're wanting me to make a stop on the. <laughs> you got to find an app where you can name your own bet. I like I, I. If I was on an app, I'd be divorced and in the <laughs> poorhouse already. I'm not. I'm not getting on an app. I have to get in my car and physically go somewhere, or I'm not betting it. Okay. So that's keeping me Old out. Of, that's keeping me out of trouble at home. I can tell you that. So game three Wednesday, nine o'clock ABC. Uh, the Celtics are now three and a half point favorites in that game. Remember the beginning of the series. Uh, Golden State was minus one fifty five. I got it at one, minus one forty five right before the series started. Boston is now minus one fifteen. And uh, so they're a slight favorite to win the series. Golden State is now minus 105, if you want to bet the Warriors, to win the series. Uh, I picked the Warriors in in seven at the beginning. Uh, I had Rob Schaefer from NBC Sports Chicago on uh, last week. He did the same thing. Uh, he said Warriors in seven as well. I'm going to stick with that. Boston's got to win these home games. I don't think Boston's going to win any more games in Golden State. They don't have to. All they got to do is take care of business at home. But they haven't been a great home team in the playoffs. They've been a great road team in the playoffs. They have eight road wins in this season of the playoffs. If they win one more, they tie the NBA record for most playoff road wins in one season. I don't think they get another one. 
I don't think – and look, Miami was a great home court advantage for the Heat. Boston won there three times. All right? Milwaukee, great home court advantage for the Bucks. Boston won there twice in a seven-game series. So it's very doable that they can win another game in Golden State. In fact, last night they outplayed the uh, Warriors in probably <laughs> two of the four series uh, quarters, if not three of the four quarters. But they couldn't, uh, you know, that third quarter bugaboo, they got to get out of that. Derek White's been great off the bench. Peyton Pritchard was pretty good again off the bench last night. But if you don't get anything from Al Horford or Marcus Smart, you're in trouble. If you don't get anything from those two guys, I don't care how many points Tatum and Brown score, you're in big trouble. Do you feel Marcus Smart was a defensive presence last night? Um, Does he matter in that way? He matters in that way in a big way. Uh, but as I look at the box score, he didn't – He one of six from the field. He only played 25 out of 48 minutes. Uh, Derek White replacing him off the bench has been great. Uh, but five turnovers for Marcus Smart, when he has five turnovers, two points, he, does, he can't play enough defense to be a big factor. Yeah. He's got to score a little bit, and he can't turn the ball over. Zero assists, five turnovers – he was minus 12 plus minus last night. Um, Robert Williams, Rob Williams the third, two points, two rebounds. He only played 14 minutes. Now, I know he's banged up. Uh, they're trying to get everything they can out of him because if Rob Williams plays, the Celtics have a decided inside advantage. He's a, a racer around the rim. He'll score down low because when they get it to him down low, Golden State doesn't have anybody can stop him. So he is a factor when he's healthy. I just don't think he's completely healthy. He probably won't be uh, until next season. But he had a great game one, a a non-existent game two. Al Horford, great game one, non-existent game two. He only took four shots last night. Um, he only had – well, he had eight rebounds. He led the Celtics in rebounds with eight. Grant Williams did uh, – had six points off the bench last night, not much. Derek White's been a fine. They got him from San Antonio on the Romeo Langford deal at midseason. Uh, he has been a godsend to this team in the playoffs. He was good again last night. Uh, I think he had, what did I say, he had 12 points last night. He was, he's was he been great off the bench. He's And every time he takes a shot as a Celtic fan, I go, oh, no. Oh, it goes in. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> He's one of those guys. Oh, what is he doing? Oh, oh, nice shot. Nice shot there. So my roommate is a Celtics fan, and I asked him a couple nights ago, you could have one of the Williams for the next 10 years, Ooh, Robert or Grant. Which taking, one are you taking? I'm taking Robert. It's that's, a, it's that's a, where he It's a quick to. answer for me because of the defensive pressure. Grant Williams is going to give you a couple three-pointers. Grant Williams is going to have a good career. He's going to give. He's, he's going to have a, a – uh, he's going to make the Hall of very good. Right, that's it. He's going to be a a six man most of his career, and he's going to hit some threes, and he's going to frustrate the other team. He's going to be the Draymond, but not to that level of frustrating the other team. He'll take a charge, but Robert Williams, I mean, he's going to he's going to control things around the rim defensively, mm-hmm. and that's you can't uh, you can't over, uh, overestimate what that means. That's uh, that's a huge factor. All right, uh, the other big NBA news today: Quinn Snyder resigns as head coach of the Utah Jazz, eight seasons in Utah. Listen to this number. He was 106 games over 500 as a head coach. That's an unbelievable number. 
The problem is the Jazz never got out of round two of the playoffs. They've reached the playoffs in the last six seasons under Snyder. As I mentioned, he was there eight years. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's not happy. Donovan Mitchell just signed a five-year max deal that won't uh, end until 2025. And he's going to want out of Utah. The former Louisville guard uh, came out yesterday. He is very unhappy. Now, it appears the Jazz wanted to keep Quinn Snyder. It appears that they offered him an extension. And Snyder resigned saying only the team needs a new voice in that locker room. Until they get another voice, another perspective to hear from, he didn't think they were going to reach their full potential. I don't know if you're Donovan Mitchell – That's what you want to hear. Now, there are rumors that Quinn Snyder might be the next head coach of the New York Knicks. Maybe the Knicks get rid of Tom Thibodeau here quickly and bring in Quinn Snyder, bring Donovan Mitchell along. I don't know what you you can do to get Donovan Mitchell. Do you have to trade R.J. Barrett if you're the Knicks, give up on Barrett to get Mitchell? Maybe they do. Uh, But Donovan Mitchell wants no, no more to do with Utah. He was attached at the hip with Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder waited till after the Laker job was filled to resign, which I find very interesting. It tells me he didn't want that Laker job. And also, the Lakers, from everything I've heard, wanted Jawan Howard. And Jawan Howard, it was his job if he wanted it. And he didn't even want to interview. That tells you where this Laker franchise is right now. This is LeBron's team, and at age 39, nobody wants to coach LeBron. Nobody wants to coach Russell Westbrook, who's not going to change. And nobody wants to coach Anthony Davis, who gets hurt every third quarter. Do you see who the Lakers hired? Darvin Ham. Clear that nobody wants coach there. Darvin Ham, who? who who is a fine assistant coach, has been a really good assistant coach. Good old former, you know, had a cup of coffee in the NBA, played at Texas Tech. Uh, you know, he's getting the Ime Udoka treatment, right? The Celtics coach. Where did he come from? Oh, he was an assistant under Popovich at San Antonio. Oh, well, okay. Now he's 27 and 24. You know, he's not doing that good for Celtics. All of a sudden, boom, the Celtics are in the finals, and now Darvin Ham is, quote-unquote, the next Ime Udoka. Well, it's easy to be Ime Udoka when you got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Al Horford. It's not easy to be Ime Udoka if you've got LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, uh, an old LeBron James, let me be clear. A I won't change my game for anybody, Russell Westbrook, and a my ankle hurts again, Anthony Davis. When you got that, nobody's lining up for that Laker job right now. And that's why Darvin Ham has a job. But where will Quinn Snyder end up? Because the Lakers coveted him too. He waited till they hired a coach for, before he resigned from Utah, which is very telling. And, you know, Quinn Snyder – you're at a time of year where you don't have a lot of options because teams have already fired and rehired other coaches. So to me, New York is the most likely landing spot for Quinn Snyder. The Knicks have no trouble throwing money away. They have no trouble firing a coach with years left on his contract. They have no trouble paying a coach a lot to be the next head coach of the New York Knickerbockers, the next savior of the franchise. They got a good young nucleus. You talk about the UK connection with uh, Julius Randle and and uh, Emmanuel Quickly. RJ Barrett been a really good rookie. Uh, Toppin, uh, Obi Toppin uh, had a t- pretty good year this past year. He's getting better and better every year. I mean, the Knicks got good young talent. 
If you're the if you're the Jazz, do you want Julius Randle for Donovan Mitchell? Do you want R.J. Barrett for Donovan Mitchell? Do you want one of those guys and a second round pick for Donovan Mitchell, or do you say, do you try to placate Donovan Mitchell? Say, hey, Mitch, dude. We got everything here. You got a big man in Rudy Gobert. You got some shooters around you. You've got, uh, you know, this is your team. Whoever we bring in as coach. First thing I would say is, hey, Donovan, who do you want the next coach to be? Yeah. If I want Donovan Mitchell to stay in Utah, he has no choice. He's under contract. But if he's not happy, then nobody's happy. The best move would be if he's not happy, you ship him out and try to get something of equitable value, which will be kind of tough. Or figure out what makes him happy, like you said. Yeah, what what's, which coach is going to make you happy? Uh, who do you need us to get out of free agency to make you happy? Because right now, the franchise is not happy. Because right now, he's the franchise in Utah. You can talk about Rudy Gobert and Defensive Player of the Year. Donovan Mitchell's the franchise in Utah. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. Josh Hurd was announced as the new athletic director at Louisville. I'm going to talk about that. Rafael Nadal, a little tennis news for my buddy Rand, Antoine Randall L., who's out there listening. All that and more, you're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on The Big Guy. Welcome back to Spears on Sports. Presented by Eminem Cardiff. This is John Spears in studio. Eminem Cardiff's hotline is open, 384-1450. 384-1450 to join in on the conversation, become part of the show. Or you can hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Download Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for savings on fuel every day. That's the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. Download it today. Louisville has bounced back against Michigan. They've got four in, still batting bottom of the first, leading the Wolverines four to two. Michigan goes to the bullpen. Um, that game was twenty to one yesterday. Uh, Michigan's going to score today because Louisville's in the back end of their pitching stars. Uh, Michigan started one of their best pitchers today. He's gone. This game, Justin, feels like 20 to 15. Under over under, I'm gonna go, I'm not gonna go crazy here. Over under total runs in this game. We're at six already. I'm gonna go 18. What do you got? And it's the first inning? First inning. I'll go over that. All right. Yeah. If, go- that, if that's the case, we better hurry up here. I need to get home and watch that. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm going, I'd love to I'm see going a 2015 straight to Patterson game. Uh, after this game. So. After this show, I'm going straight over to Patterson. I got my press credential. It was a hot day in the sun yesterday. Is, are you having lunch at Patterson today? Yes. There's a free buffet for the meeting. Oh, that's right. I yeah. mean, come on. Free beer, too? Um, it's not free. <laughs> there's a lot of things free over there for us. Uh, there's free water. There's free soda. There's free ice cream. There's free cookies. There's free chips. Ice cream will do. No free beer. So that's why I had to go to the ATM before I got here today. All right, uh, Josh Hurd was announced as the Louisville Athletic Director on Friday. We knew this. We kind of knew this was coming. I think it's the right choice. He did a great job handling the Chris Mack, Kenny Payne transition. Um, 
did a great job at the end of the Kenny at the Chris Mack era there, the Chris Mack uh, Mike Pegues transition, then getting the new coach with the search firm. Did a great job with the other sports as well uh, as we go along here. I saw Josh yesterday, as a matter of fact, at Patterson Stadium. Congratulated him. He was. I said good luck, and he sort of looked at me like, yeah, I know. You know, you get that look like, yeah, it's not going to be an easy job. Uh, but congratulations to Josh, to uh, Josh. Here's the problem I have. So as soon as he's announced that, I think 8.30 Friday morning they had a press conference, brought him in, new athletic director. We're going we're gonna to stay with Josh. He's earned it, which I do believe is the case. Then there's the letter. The letter comes out from Mark Lynn, Dr. Mark Lynn, uh, Jim Patterson, is, uh, his name is on the letter, Lonnie Ali, the widow of the great Muhammad Ali. Her name is on the letter as well. And it's an explanation. It's about a four or five paragraph explanation of why these people, these certain boosters and uh, money people in the, in the program, believe that Tom Jurich was the right guy and that it wasn't fair that Tom Jurich didn't get a face-to-face interview, that he wasn't uh, sought out by the search committee that was put together to that was hired to find the athletic director candidates. What are you doing? This is over. You didn't lose because you weren't in the game here. This is not a battle you lost. You didn't win because you didn't get Tom Jurich back in the fold as a UofL athletic director, but you didn't lose anything. So what's the purpose of the letter? Do you want to to uh, separate the fan base? Do you want to put a shiv right in the middle of the fan base? Hey, if you're with us, then you don't like what's going on here. And if you're not with us, then we don't want to talk to you anyway. This fan base is having some good times right now, right? You got a baseball team that uh, apparently is going to score about eight runs an inning here today and go to the regional final, uh, super regional against Texas A&M. You got a basketball coach in Kenny Payne that everybody thought was the right guy. Everybody wanted to come back. And you got him. You got him. And basketball recruiting is going pretty well. A guy named DJ Wagner might commit um, sooner rather than later. You got a football program. You got a football recruiting that is the best season of recruiting Louisville's ever had. Everything's going well. You're going to compete against Kentucky in football, not maybe not this year, but from the year after this on, it looks like you're at least going to be competitive. Kenny Payne, maybe he can beat John Calipari. Kenny Payne won all those games in Kentucky, right, Louisville fan? He won all those games. Nah, the players won those games. Well, I know. Cal coached those games. Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> That's what Kenny said. Did I'm you just see telling that? you what Louisville, Louisville fan is saying. And, and Louisville fans also saying, Kenny, don't say that. <laughs> we know that. But we want to take a little jab at Kentucky fan and tell them that Kenny Payne won all those games. Why would you do this if you're a true lover of this university? If you're Mark Lynn, and by the way, Dr. Mark Lynn, his name is on stadiums. It's on the new soccer stadium down uh, in Butchertown. It's on the soccer stadium at UofL. Jim Patterson, we know his name's on the baseball stadium. Why do you want to split the fan base here? I don't understand it. Justin, help me understand this. What good comes from this letter? I know you're on the phone, so you don't have to worry about helping me. I don't know what good comes from this letter. I have no idea what good. Is that it? 
That's Ed. All right, yeah. let's go to Ed, right? Let's go to the Eminem Cartage Hotline, bring in my man, Ed. How are you, buddy? Uh, looks like it's going well out there at the stadium so far. Well, they just put a seven spot on oh. the board in Whoa. the uh, bottom uh, bottom half of the uh, first inning. Uh, Michigan jumped out real quick uh, with two in the first against uh, uh, Garrett Smeltz, but, man, the Louisville knocked out the Michigan starter in the first inning, and they've already uh, – uh, they've had some luck too here. Uh, ball hit right back to the pitcher, went through his legs, and it's seven to two going to the second inning. The reason I called, John, and you know the reason I called yeah. is uh, I want to pay homage to uh, Douglas Scott Wilberton, who I heard on the radio at WXPW uh, years, years, and years ago. I'll probably, I'm guessing, at least thirty years ago, when he did the locker room scoreboard show. Uh, for Charlie Jenkins and when Charlie was doing a lot of games and sometimes they'd even have as many as two games on he'd do the score game, uh, scoreboard show in between games a guy would bring a reel to reel Scott tape into the studio Wow! Uh, one night I was at Floyd Central and Jeffersonville and Floyd Central played and Doc Bolton did the game and Doc uh, says uh, there was a guy met came to Floyd Central picked the tape up, and got it to the studio at before the end of whatever game was on. And Douglas Scott was running the board back in those days. And I'd just like to pay homage to him. He's a he's a great pioneer in the business. I guess Douglas Scott was a engineer slash board op guy. Uh, just been around forever. And uh, I know a lot of people really didn't know him or really had ever met him. And I guarantee you, he will be missed uh, at uh, the Big X in 1450. Uh, Douglas Scott, uh, uh, a legend, uh, and I'll just leave it at that. Thank you, Ed. I appreciate it. I know you're busy. Get back to the game. But uh, obviously, uh, appreciate those words in honor of Douglas. Thank you, buddy. Uh-huh. And I will see Ed in, uh, I don't know, 20, 20 minutes or so as I head down to 3rd uh, and Central. To see if the cards can put another. How's that over under on eighteen looking now, Justin? Looks lovely. Looks, looks great I now. Nine in the first combined for both teams. Hey, so back to the topic we were discussing before. Ed called. Yeah. Have have the sides made amends now? Because plot twist, I saw Josh Hurd in the booth with Jim Patterson this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Josh in the athletic director's booth. Now I've I've been at the stadium. The door is open. Anybody can walk in. I'm, you're not going to kick Jim Patterson out or Dr. Mark Lynn or anybody else of that stature. Um, I, d- I would love to have been a fly on the wall yeah. when they first – and it may not have been at the, pre- at the press box, but where they first got together after this letter came out. I just don't understand. And I think that might have been the discussion. Josh heard, what does this letter – what does it serve? What purpose does it serve other than the possibility – of splitting this fan base up, which you don't want because they're all on board right now. Well, they've they're been split all on for, board. They've been split for so long now. They were split during Patino, during when Patino got fired. They were split with uh, Bobby Petrino, no doubt about it. But now you got – look, they're still split with Satterfield. Mm-hmm. They really are. But the, the recruiting's going very well for Louisville football. If they can get all of these recruits, highly touted recruits, including the quarterback Pierce Clarkson – to sign on the dotted line, and I always say that, wait till that letter of intent comes in. I'm not getting excited till you get them signed on the dotted line. But if they do, not this year, but the year after, all of a sudden things are looking a little bit rosier. Basketball, they're all together. 
Basketball, they're all together. Kenny Payne is the Messiah. No offense to the real Messiah. He's the Messiah right now, Little basketball. And he brings in Danny Manning. Nobody saw that coming. He's got Milt Wagner, not on the basketball staff, but on the administrative staff here. So, you know, Louisville fan, especially older Louisville fan, give me Kenny Payne. And, you know, Dr. Mark Lynn, Jim Patterson, everybody was fine with Kenny Payne. Everybody was good with Kenny Payne getting hired. It's all about the, the athletic director now. Now it's we we got a guy that's never been a full-time athletic director before. Which, who, who hired Kenny You know who'd never been a full-time head basketball coach before? Denny Crum had never been a full-time basketball coach before. And Josh Hurd got, went out and got Kenny Payne. Kenny Payne, the, believe me, the Knicks didn't want to lose Kenny Payne. The Knicks did everything they could to keep Kenny Payne until they finally realized this was one of Kenny Payne's dreams. Not only to be a head coach, but to be a head coach at his alma mater. All right, Rafael Nadal wins the French Open yesterday. That's 14 French Opens out of his 20 majors. But he doesn't get the love that I feel he should get because he's won. Ah, he wins on the clay. He wins. Can't play on the grass at Wimbledon. He doesn't play great on the hard courts. Djokovic is much better on the hard courts. I think it's a lot of disrespect for Rafael Nadal here. 14 titles. First of all, tennis players are usually done by the age of 25. He's, he's playing with a bad foot. He beats Djokovic in the quarterfinals, which, by the way, that's a crime that those two guys met in the quarterfinals. And then he goes on to win his 14th French Open. Let's give this guy some credit. He is one of the greatest tennis players who's ever lived. Forget what surface we're talking about. Yes, he has struggled at Wimbledon. But he's won hard courts. He's won majors at hard, on hard courts. And he is one of the best tennis players who ever lived. You with me on this? I'm. You don't pay attention. To I'm. Tennis, do you? Yeah, I, I like tennis. I just yeah, I don't watch it too much. I did watch Coco Golf get smacked on Saturday. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, that I didn't sucked. see it. I didn't like it. It sucked. But she wasn't supposed to be in the final she, anyway. She hurt right? herself. I mean, it was it was just error after error. She had a shot, just didn't play well. She's young though. She's got time. All right. Well, you know, I just don't. I think when I say to you, tennis best tennis players of all time, who comes to mind? First guy, uh, John McEnroe. Yeah, John McEnroe. Yeah. Everybody says Jimmy Connors. What's the Martina Navratilova? Martina, Chris Everett. You go, you know, you get the, you go way in. When I talk men's tennis, you go way down the line before you get to Rafael Nadal. You go Pete Sampras. You go Andre Agassi. Mm -hmm. You might go Yvonne Lendl, uh, Djokovic, Roger Federer, obviously, but. It's a long way before you get to Nadal, and I, I think you should be a little bit higher up on that list. It's probably fair. All right, Mike Rutherford Show. Don't forget, 3 o'clock today, Mike and Trevor will bring you all things Louisville from 3 to 6 uh, right here on the Big X. Um, and Bats Baseball returns tomorrow night. Off day tonight, Nick Curran, voice of the Bats, hopefully will join me tomorrow. We'll tell you about all the uh, upcoming promotions. Uh, Saturday night's going to be fun. Military night. Um, there's some other things going on we'll talk about tomorrow as well. The Bats have won three in a row. They won three in a row at, at Gwinnett. They'll back home tomorrow to start that six-game series with Charlotte. I'm headed to Patterson Stadium to watch this football score evolve. Thanks for listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Oh, baby.
Don't you forget about me 